It's the Sleepers Podcast, Thursday, July 20th edition. Uh, Cart, I don't know if I'm as well-rested as I was yesterday, sadly. Maybe I just sleep good when there's drama involving us. There was no drama yesterday, so... Yeah, I, 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 like I, shit. yeah I, honestly, I'll be, I'll be keeping a buck with you. I don't want to come on here and complain because I know that, you know, there's a lot different. There's not having a good night's sleep and there's like maybe not having the best night's sleep and then being a father in the morning to a newborn. I don't have that. But let's just say that right after this episode is recorded, I will be refilling this Big B iced coffee with another one immediately. So immediately upon completion. <laughs> With that being said, though, lesser podcasts would just hang it up and call it a day at 9, 16 a.m. in the morning. Like they're a little poorly rested. Morning's not going the way they want it to. Their daughter's crying, yada, yada. Maybe they just text their co-host and say, hey, we're not going to do this today. It's all right. Not Sleepers Media, folks. Not the Sleepers Podcast. If you hit that under 12 and a half days before this would stop this <laughs> string, it goes on. We still have a chance, and we're going to make it at least through another Riley Friday tomorrow, it appears. I'm excited for that. Riley Davis from Heat Check will be back on the show. But for today, you're stuck with us, Carter and Greg. Uh, fourth episode of the week, daily episodes Monday through Friday. You can listen to these on Apple and Spotify, or you can watch them on our YouTube channel, Sleepers Media, where we got a bunch of comments yesterday, Carter. This is a record for comments on one of our shows, 32 comments so we're going to read all of these as we do every day if you leave a comment on the main episode on our youtube channel we open the next day's episode by responding and reading to those comments let's dive right in from mtz dude 31 great episode guys i don't know how you get hate from illini fans and everything i've ever seen you guys are singing our praises you haven't seen all our stuff then <laughs> yeah that, that i appreciate that comment but that is that is that is not true but that is one of the reasons why i feel like people should Kind of, you know, listen to us. Like, if I'm giving the Sleepers Media elevator pitch, I feel like we're pretty, you know, unbiased. Like, we might lean a little bit towards, like, you towards Michigan, me towards Michigan State. But nothing less just, like, you know, slappy material, I guess you would call it, or just complete homerism. I feel like we keep it pretty, you know, fair to everybody. Yeah, if you want basketball analysis through orange glasses lens go to redacted. If you want Michigan state basketball analysis through a green colored lens, go to our friend spartanhoops.com. If you want Michigan analysis through a maze colored lens, go to umhoops.com. I'm a subscriber. I love it there. The thing is, Carl, all these things can coexist. That's mm -hmm. the thing. Like it's, it's not beef when we say that it's these things can all coexist and serve a purpose to different audiences. We don't cater to a specific audience. We love our audience, but we're not out here saying, like, let's make Illinois stuff for Illinois fans that makes them happy or Michigan or Michigan State or anybody. We just talk about basketball. We make some jokes in the process. And uh, MTZ, dude, hopefully you continue enjoying our episodes. We appreciate the comment. Drake Walker, 9147, said Damask and Goody could be a nasty white boy shooter combo, but they both can do more on both sides of the ball than they get credit for. Love the pod and unbiased takes on Illinois ball knowers for sure. Appreciate that. First of all, thanks for the kind words. Nasty white boy shooter combo is quite a quite a phrase because yeah, I especially in, especially in today's day and age too. I say, I'd be careful with those words, but 
Uh, I also hold those words in high regard because I have occasionally, on occasion, been referred to as a nasty white boy shooter. And occasionally, I've been paired in combos that have allowed me to be in a nasty white boy shooter combo. The, the street, so, hey, the street, the streets are saying that Damask and Goody might be you and Cotter. Maybe, maybe. I think I'm a little more Goody, and he's a little more Damask in that sense. I, um, I will say this though: I feel like we have not mentioned Goody enough. I do think like he really does a lot for this Illinois team, and I feel like he does like a, a lot of little things, like. Even in games that I watched last year, it was always Goody making, you know, obviously when he came back from his injury, he was still always in the right spot, making the right plays. He was hustling. He's actually a lot better on defense than I would have thought. I thought he was just like a, a shooter. But, uh, yeah, he's uh, him getting back and being healthy is a big boost for Illinois, and I don't think we've addressed that enough. I, I consider it a big boost. I don't know if you can, if you want to use the word big in the situation. I wouldn't use the word big. I think it's a boost. I okay. my stance on Goody is just we don't really know what Goody can do. We know he can shoot the basketball. That's all I'm willing to say. I'm very confident Goody can do. There's a, a role for that. That's an important thing. He's a good member of the team. You should look forward to having him on the team. But um, I'm a little hesitant to give him any more credit than that, just because we haven't seen him do it. Injuries are scary. He's got to come back healthy. Hopefully that happens. And he's a big boost for Illinois. Xander Brown, 2025 says Fletcher and Braden are studs going to be a great year in West Lafayette. Boiler up. Love the content gents. Thank you, Xander. Appreciate that comment. I agree. Fletcher and Braden are going to be studs. The only thing I'll push back on, it's probably not going to be a great year in West Lafayette because we didn't have a great time in West Lafayette. I don't know that it can be a great year in West Lafayette because you're in West Lafayette. True. Hummel. Come on, baby. I mean, okay. I, I, te- I, te- I texted him two weeks ago and I said, hummies needs to happen. He did not respond. That was a joke, by the way, Purdue fans. Don't jump on me and say I'm dissing your city now. But uh, can we just get a bar within five miles of the stadium, please? That's all we want is a bar that's open on game day. Neil Stuckey, 98-96, says, with the TBT starting today, thoughts on the Elam ending? Any predictions on who wins the tournament? Players you're excited to watch? Also get Coleman back on the pod. We would love to get Coleman back on the pod. Uh, We haven't made any serious efforts to do so recently, but maybe we should because we love Coleman Hawkins. We're going to do a whole segment on TBT cards. So is it fair for me to say, let's just save comments on that until our segment? Yeah, let's just say that. And the best way to get Coleman on our episodes, we like when Coleman comments on a video, like, let me talk my piece. We don't like to, though there's an open invite to him at all times, it's the best when he comments like, okay, I need to talk about this. It's time to run back part two. That's the best. That's the best course of action to get Coleman on. Yeah. Our door is always open. You have the green light, Coleman. We will just stand in the corner and let you rock anytime you want to come on the sleeper's pod. That boy from Illinois says Mike Henry, the one that posterized Carter, did suit up two years for the Illini mm-hmm. in 2012 and 2013. I know because I suffered through those seasons firsthand. Yeah, that yeah, that's a and that. He looked like Brian when I, when I was playing on me. I swear to God, he was like a six eight wing that was shaped like a 20, 20 year old, and we were juniors in college. Did you get him back at all that game that he posterized you? Did you did you get your get back? I mean, we won by by thirty, but you didn't get your get back. I mean, I, I there there wasn't really much Carter getting his get back in high school and I definitely wasn't getting my get back on Mike Henry. I mean, I scored, I got my, you know, got my stats, but he had about 30. Okay. So you didn't get your get back. 
You no, got yours, no. but you didn't get your get back. Okay. Yeah, but I, I also graduated from the college I attended. He didn't, so <laughs> there you go. Big big win for Carter Elliott. Uh, Evan Miyakawa, good to see you in the comments, Evan. Carter's best quality is his self-awareness. Sometimes I have a unibrow. Stay golden, King. Yeah, got to be, gotta be self-aware. I think we're both relatively self-aware. Sometimes I can play delusional a little bit. Do you get I, do you get your eyebrows done? No, no. Do you ever no. like do you, do you just hit it like with a shave, or do your eyebrows not grow? Are, are my eyebrows very fine tuned? Not really. Honestly, you have, you have very thin eyebrows. They're not very full. Mm. Sure. Yeah, I've never touched my eyebrows. I've honestly never paid that much attention. I do know that that was a topic of discussion on the field of sixty eight. Last year during live shows, we had like two commenters that would specifically always talk about me and Doster's eyebrows. It gets weird over there hmm. sometimes. I don't know what was going on with that. Um, but anyways, Evan, Evan Mia, shout out to you. Thanks for popping through the comments. EvanMia.com is one of our favorite websites in the world. Shameless plug, but everybody go check that out. He does fantastic work over there. Ulamog said, when Greg posted video of the foul call, I thought I was watching Fat Charles Barkley play. Pat Charles Barkley was tough. I don't think like this has nothing to do with you, but if you're going to call anyone fat Charles Barkley, I don't think you need the fat qualifier, right? Like, yeah, you could, he definitely could have just, but he, but he didn't want me reaching back to like Barkley's 76ers highlights when he was like very spelled. He wanted to make sure that I was later career Charles, and I respect that. I mean, they called the man round mound of rebound i feel like it's implied that he was a big boy but i don't know yeah also not an insult <laughs> Fat charles that. barkley you'll take I'll that take, i will take that <laughs> yeah all right yeah i feel like there are more creative more like uh i don't know what i i <laughs> like, want like po like post achilles boogie cousins i called you post achilles boogie cousins that struck a nerve apparently we still talk about it years later i, I don't understand that I honestly thought that we're, was we're, we're not going to dive. We're not going to dive into it, but just let it be known. It was a pretty good comparison until you compare the guy that I was playing against to prime Chris Weber directly after calling me <laughs> post Achilles boogie cousins. That's what struck the nerve. I mean, I'm high on boogie, man. A few others. Uh, Weight Watchers. Derek Nix is one I've used before for you. Um uh, I'm trying to remember. There was another really good one that you used last year, but I for some reason I can't remember. Damn it! Or uh, it was oh, damn. Who was it? It'll probably hit me. I'm gonna think about this the whole episode. I think uh, it some, was it something with Jonte Porter. <laughs> oh yeah, I did call you Jonte Porter once back when you you were really excited about comparing yourself to Michael Porter Jr. So I started calling you Jonte Porter. <laughs> I one of my I, I forget what the qualifier was, but it was something like Walmart JJ Sullinger was another one or Jared Sullinger. I don't know. There's a lot more creative options though than just Fat Charles Barkley Ulamog. We expect better from you as a beloved commenter in our comment section. Coy says, "Let's talk Indiana. Is making the tournament at risk this year? Four seed last season, but thirtieth in Ken Palm. They lost a lot of their productive minutes. He listed out all the losses: TJD Race, uh, Huchfino coming back, Xavier Johnson, Trey Galloway, Malik Renault, added Kalel Ware, Mackenzie Mbako." He thinks the backcourt is thin, too many power forwards, spacing is weird. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I really think he hit the nail on the head. The team just doesn't fit. Uh, losing race is a big addition for them, by the way. I want to let that be known. It was time for him to move on. 
<laughs> Shout out to Ant Wright on that one. But uh, yeah, I, it, the team just really doesn't fit for me. I think McKenzie is best as a four. I don't think he's going to play the four. I think he's going to play a lot of three for this team. It's just, it's very clunky fit. I don't really know. I don't know. I don't know if a three like front court of Mbako, Renault and where is like a thing, but I hate that if that is a thing. And then with Galloway and Xavier Johnson, I just, I don't like that team. I think it's going to be a thing. Like, I think that's their plan a for the season. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's, it feels like they're hinging everything on Xavier Johnson. Like I kind of kept just waiting this offseason for Indiana to like land a star guard in the portal. They were rumored with a lot of them and then it just never came to fruition. I wouldn't want to risk my whole season on Xavier Johnson personally. And not only are they risking their whole season on Xavier Johnson, they are also going to need Trey Galloway to play like 35 minutes at the two on this team. I think a lot can go wrong. I think all three of their front court guys believe they are NBA guys a year from now. I think there's big time like locker room chemistry blow up here in Indiana as well. It'll be a really fun team to talk about throughout the season, but I do not love the on paperness of this team. In fact, they're in that middle group with like all a lot of the teams we talked about yesterday briefly, but like Ohio State, Maryland, Iowa, uh, Illinois, I guess, Michigan to an extent. Like I would take Indiana at the very bottom of that whole group cart. I don't think they're going to be better than Michigan even next year. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be tough. It was. It, I think people forget it was very tough at a certain time last year for Indiana until Xavier Johnson went out and Jalen Hushafino really turned it up and TJD turned it up as well. So yeah, and like and both those guys are gone. So yeah, you're gonna miss some very good players. Uh, B Thalen fifteen. Hello, B Thalen says Greg you versus Roby one v one in golf. Who's taking it? Also, massive fan of the show. Been watching since episode one. Been following your guys' journey with the field sixty eight. Keep up the great work. Appreciate all the content. Shout out to you. We appreciate you, B Thalen. Sometimes you get surprised when you do this, especially now that we've done it. Uh, what nine days in a row doing Monday through Friday? I'm really surprised pleasantly by a lot of people that I didn't know listened to this show that actually listened to the show. That's been the coolest yeah. thing about this by it's far. Dope. It's really dope. Um, me versus Roby, 1v1 in golf. It should be Roby. Like, let me be very clear. It should be Roby. Roby has let his golf game slip in the last few years, though. He would be the first to tell you that. I hear he's back on top again right now, though. I think he's in A-level form. So I'll be honest, and I would give Roby the nod. I'd put if it was a match play 18 hole situation, Roby minus two and a half is the line, two and a half holes. Um, however, I think of the last three or four rounds we've played in the last couple of years, I think I've won like 75% of them. So minus two. Oh, Roby minus two and a half. So Roby's Roby pretty good. Okay. He, I mean, he just hits, he hits it like 340 off the tee. Yeah, the, the, the thing about Roby is, and I said this to you actually last time when I came to visit MJCMJ, uh, Roby made a decision. He sacrificed he sacrificed his body for his golf game because now Roby's like approaching SI swimsuit level body issue. Um, but his golf game suffering. I think he lost a little bit. Of, I think he lost the weight and lost a little bit of his power. That's what streets are saying. I don't well, know. Bryson DeChambeau type thing there. Like, yeah, yeah. Up. He was the biggest hitter on the course. And then all of a sudden now, oh, really healthy. Looks great. Swimsuit edition. And lost a little bit of that. I don't know. I think it's worked for him, though, because he's golfing more than ever. And I think he's playing the best he's played in a long time. So uh, we'll see. I'm supposed to verify that in a couple of weeks. We're supposed to play an outing together. We'll see. Uh, I will say 
<laughs> most people listening are probably like, who cares? I don't know who Roby is, but uh, <laughs> me and Roby together is when our powers fully unlock. Like I, I can't really, th- there's only one time in our lives that I can think of something him and I have lost. And it's at my bachelor party when we played basketball and we put the four best players on the other team and got cocky and thought we could beat them just because of me and Roby's friendship bond. And we almost did, by the way, um, three guys that played college basketball and prime Chris Weber on that team. And we almost beat them. So I'll take that as a win. Uh, moving on my red pillow. I'm already planning to temper my reaction and expectations after the inevitable big win or two that ILL will have early in the season that will ultimately prove to be meaningless come March. I think that's a good strategy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, I have you looked at Illinois' schedule at all? No. Yeah, I haven't either. But I mean, they were feeling good last year. I mean, well, except for, unless the the body language PhD got a hold of it. But uh, I mean, that win versus Texas last year was you know the big win. Everyone's feeling good. Everyone's feeling high. And then, uh, yeah, we know what happened after that. Yeah, I would bet on it happening again. Just kind of is what it is. I will say Illinois is extremely due for just a great draw in March, though. Like, I think one of these years, even if they don't deserve it, they're just going to get a draw that is so clearly like, oh, shit, they can make the Elite Eight. And I don't think they will choke when that happens. Their losses in the NCAA tournament have consistently been to better teams, in my opinion. Like Houston, you can go back a couple of years ago. Obviously, Illinois was great. I don't mean to say Loyola was definitively better than them. But like that Loyola team was really good with Krotwig. Um, yeah. It looked no further than what they did the year before. And then, yeah, I, like this previous year, Arkansas. Arkansas is nasty. Yeah, I was going like, to say. Yeah, even last year, Arkansas, yeah. They need a good draw. Ulamog says, should Trey Holloman redshirt this year? He didn't transfer this year. We'll have a significant playing time next season. Three years of Fears and Trey post AJ and Tyson will be scary. We make a Trey Holloman card. Uh, You know. I feel like I've said how I felt about Trey Holloman uh, before he even came to Michigan State. He always struck me as like ending his career as a Travis Walton type player. Uh, for starters, I don't see a red shirt in the cards at all. Like that's that's not happening. Um, when kids think about red shirting in today's day and age, that's that's called entering the transfer portal. There's there's no there's no red shirt and there's no taking a year off to wait and see really. Um, I don't know if I can agree also with the fact that like next year, Trey is just going to have unlimited minutes because, or more minutes or more of a role because, you know, there's a great chance that AJ Hogarth probably comes back next year. Like that, that's not out of the question. Uh, second year, Jeremy fears, Jay Nakins could come back. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing what Trey's role will be. I think it'll be an increased role as far as like maybe backcourt, um, you know, backcourt minutes. But like I also don't know if I can see a a, a backcourt of Jeremy Fears and Trey Holloman. I don't know how I don't know if I really like that. I think that was a very politically correct answer. Since I am not in any way associated with any Spartan media outlets, can I give the the honest answer cart? Be okay with it? Yes. Trey Holloman's not good. And uh, he's not going to ever play a large role for Michigan State. Not good. Not good. Not good as a stretch. We don't have to pretend every guy that makes the Michigan State roster is good. Good as I've heard. Some, like, I've heard, some, I've heard some practice. I've heard some practice reports. That oh, have you? Oh, you've. Oh, you've heard some positive practice reports. That changes <laughs> everything for me. Yeah. That's great. I've. Yeah, I mean, I've. 
you know, <laughs> I haven't heard those about anybody else on any <laughs> other program. So didn't didn't Foster Lawyer have the best summer out of anybody on the team? Listen, I that that's harsh. I don't mean to like totally disrespect the dude. You get a scholarship offer from Michigan State. Obviously, you can play basketball, but um, I don't think there's there's anything Trey Holloman can bring, even in his best form years from now, that is going to displace Jeremy Fears or Jade Nakins or these more talented guys around him or the recruits that Tom Izzo's after. He has such great momentum on the trail right now. Like, I would hope that they get better guards in the recruiting trail in the future than Trey Holloman. A lot of people seem to be gassing him up. Like he has a high ceiling as a senior. I don't see the Travis Walton thing at all. Like we can't just compare every Michigan state guard that can't play offense to Travis Walton. Um, uh, okay. I, I didn't say Travis. Well, I said Travis Walton type. Yeah. Like, because player. he's, because he's horrible offensively. And I guess the best thing about his game is defense. I don't really feel like Holloman's some impact defender though. Um, and Walton obviously had like great leadership qualities when he was focused on, uh, you know, doing the right things on the. All right, what's the next comment? Let's move on. David French four oh nine three says, "In my opinion, I believe MSU is the top team in the Big Ten this year, only because I think Zach Eady Z A K Eady will be officiated differently this year. Multiple Big Ten coaches complained about what he was allowed to get away with and not called for. I also believe that's part of the reason Purdue lost to a sixteen seed." What are your thoughts on this and the way the Big Ten is officiated compared to other conferences? Hmm. That's a loaded question. I'll start with this. Now, I do see a world where he is officiated differently. Like this is Zach Eady's fourth year in college basketball, correct? Yes. He'll be a senior? Yes. That You know, that's a lot of time, a lot of same refs, you know, seeing him play, calling it a certain way. Um I hate talking about this only because people always say like Zach Eady is officiated differently. Yes, he is officiated differently because he's different than every other player in the game of college basketball. You don't officiate everybody the same. That's part of basketball. That's part of officiating. Like you gotta, you gotta get, get over that. I do see a world where he is officiated differently. I don't see a world where that officiating difference changes Purdue's season outcome, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. He is different. That's all the Matt. Like, you have to officiate Zach Eady differently because he is a one of one player. So it's so funny. It's so funny to me when people like are like, God, like Zach Eady's officiated so differently. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, he got to. <laughs> he creates more contact just moving because of how massive he is as a human. Um, and he deserves a lot of the foul calls he gets, in my opinion. So um, now I do, there is a flip side of that. We've seen it like at West Lafayette. If you go within 10 feet of Zach Eady, they expect a foul call. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily go that far, but, um, I, I thought he was officiated fairly last year. I think he'll be officiated fairly again this year. I don't think officiating has anything to do with why Purdue lost to a 16 seed. And, uh, more importantly, I, I don't think we're going to let that first sentence slip either. Michigan state's not the top team team in the big time. They're just not watch yesterday's video. If you want more on that and put some respect on the best player's name in the country. I'm sorry, David French, but spell his name, right? Zach Eady. It's not Z a K. Okay. He's not Zach Irvin. Brandon Snyder, seven, six, two, four said huge Illini fan hate Purdue, but I assure you that backcourt for Purdue is going to be much, much better and will be pests to play for the next three years. Neither of those kids are leaving early or transferring. You nailed it, Brandon Snyder. They're going to be terrifying in two years. Yeah, thanks. 
like even when Edie's gone, they're gonna have some new seven foot three guy, and yeah, that team's gonna be terrifying when those guards are upperclassmen. TJ Terrence James is still spinning the entire G Wiz discography plus unreleased tracks. Y'all weren't with us at Max Bar. That's facts, TJ. Shout out to Tej. Uh, yeah, my my rapping came to light yesterday. If anyone wants more information on that, good luck trying to find more information on that. Tony J thirty five said, any fan telling you they aren't scared of Purdue is nuts. They will be better. They will be favored in basically every game. Sparty can take them down. Don't tell me it's expected to happen. Purdue will expect to beat every Big Ten team. Losing to a 16 happened. It's an upset for a reason. Can't wait for MSU to give them all they have, but we'll take everything. Um, yeah. Good comment. Because some of these comments just are really standalone ones. Like, yeah, great statements. Yeah, I, I like the energy from our comment section today. That's a good comment. Luke Cope 5123 says back at it again. Another alternative to one big thing could be one big dream. Fits with the name of the podcast. You have been a big proponent of sleep related names for segments through the years, Cart. Many of your proposals have not come to light, but they've been proposed. I have a feeling you're going to love the one big dream proposal. Uh, not, not really. Cause I'm not a dreamer. <laughs> what? I'm not, I'm not the dreamer type. You don't have dreams. I mean, I had, I have dreams, like dreams, like when I'm sleeping, but like, I don't, I'm not like the write down manifest type, or, like write down my dreams type. I just like go about my day and try to be the best I can be. So you don't have goals. I have goals. I don't have dreams. You don't have dreams. Goals are attainable. I don't think dreams are. Dreams aren't attainable? If dreams were attainable, I'd be in the league right now. That doesn't mean you didn't have that dream. Yeah, that was the one dream. I failed it, and that, that's it for dreams for me. So you're just jaded to the concept of dreams because you didn't live up to your basketball potential. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. Apparently, one big dream will not be the name of the segment. That's horrifying to me, Car. I feel like we need to do a little more fleshing out of your belief on dreams. Do you like the movie Inception? I've never seen Inception. That's about dreams. Never seen it. On brand. Guy hates dreams. All right. Moving on. Josh Morocco said, finding G Wiz made my entire week. I'm glad I could make your entire week. Uh, I do got bars, though. Don't let that fall in this conversation. Blake uh, Beery, Beery, 5826 said, keep up the good work, guys. Don't feed the trolls. ILL. I and I, Blake, will do. Finger Sleeves 9551 said, I'm surprised Carter's top 10 about Illinois didn't include Braddy for being the only person to say elite more than he does. Tactful trolling is hard. I think you're at your best when you're lighthearted. I get that you are going to keep it real, but for how dramatic Illinois has been the last few years, you could perhaps empathize with how exhausted the fan base is. We're tired, man. So if you're going to prod at the team's worst insecurities, it better be damn insightful or funny, both of which are easier to communicate on the podcast than Twitter. Once again, another really insightful comment here. Yeah, from wow. uh, I feel like that comment really opened my eyes. A lot makes more sense about how Illinois fans feel about us now. So, yeah, yeah, true. I mean, they got to understand this. If you leave Greg, by himself and he has a moment freedom he's a hard worker folks i mean he does a lot a lot behind the scenes that you don't see with sleepers and other entities and other companies that he works for but you give this kid like 10 minutes of freedom he's gonna come up with something 
Now, it might be good. It might be bad. It might be trolling. It might be not. But you leave them alone for 15 minutes, there's a good chance you come up with an immaculate grid for the Illini. That, that's, that happens, okay? He's a creative genius. Sometimes that's, that's bound to happen. He's got to accept it. He mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. That's an inception quote. Back to the dreams card. Sorry, I that can't. Really, that really, sh- that really shook you to the core, didn't it? I can't believe you don't dream. Like my whole life is built around dreams. I can't believe you don't dream. It's it's absurd to me. Like I'm a life. More of a goal. I'm I'm more of a goals than a dreams guy. A life without dreams is a colorless life. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. We're getting a little philosophical it, here, but. I'm glad you saved that quote from the Chinese food that you had a couple <laughs> weeks ago from your fortune cookie to read that to me. Thank you. Isaac Steer 8540 said a lot of people say Indiana won't reach their ceiling until Mbako plays the four. If that happens, who starts at center out of Ware and Renault? Uh, I'll give the nod to Renault, right? I think like incumbent mm-hmm. guy returning is probably why there, but I, I like Khalil Ware a lot. I think he's the best player of that group of three. I just think he's also a bit of a maniac. Yeah. So I feel like um Mbako and Renault's styles as front court players differ to the fact that you put them together, it'll look a lot better. Like I think Mbako and Ware's game might look a lot similar. Um, but I think Renault would fit a lot better. And I actually like what I saw from Renault last year as a freshman. Like he's I think he's a good low post player. Um, I think he could, might lose his way a little bit trying to be that guy to show the jumper or something like that. But if he sticks to like his back to the basket game, pretty dominant left hand, uh, I actually would like that front court fit with Mbako. Like that's way better than like if he was paired with Race Thompson. There was a Twitter poll going around. Uh, I think it was our guy Joe from the Purdue podcast that we love. Uh, he does great film work, by the way. But he was basically asking people, who do you think will have the best sophomore season it was akpara renault terrace reed and pharrell Payne. um i voted akpara for the record i did too yeah i i like all three of those guys i'm not gonna mention pharrell Payne because i haven't watched enough of him but i i hadn't i thought that was a made-up name <laughs> uh, apparently he's really good a lot of people were like he's is it, really is, really is, good is that minnesota or no yeah yeah it is okay yeah, yeah. at least for one more year and then if he's actually good, he'll go to Vanderbilt or something. Who knows? Uh, moving on. I know more than you said. So Illinois has the best student section, according to sleepers. Yes. Uh, I consider Terrence Shannon a guard, which makes him the best guard in the Big Ten. Uh, I think if if we were to say he is a guard, if we're just going to define him as a guard, I don't think it's runaway that he's the best guard in the Big Ten. He's one you of them. Make an, you can make an argument. He's in that like Boo Jameer Tyson group, right? They're all they're all in that group. You can argue it for days, but um, Terrence is not clearly better than those other three. At Fish Sparty says, with three big games on the schedule for MSU, Duke, Arizona, and Baylor, what combined record between those games do you expect, and what record would cause concern? First of all. Y'all got soft, man. I remember the days you scheduled like seven big games in a non-con. Only three this year. Oh, wow. best really? best team in 25 years and we're only playing three marquee games car what happened you're pulling that that's a joke by the way it's great that's schedule. crazy it's a great that schedule is, that is crowd yeah sometimes i can't tell if you're joking um the hardest game of that one's gonna be duke i think duke is gonna be the hardest just because of one matchups and that's probably the hardest 
just the hardest team as well. Um, backcourt with Proctor. They got Roach, McCain, uh, a couple other freshmen in there. Uh, and then you got Filipowski, depending on if his hips are WD-40 and ready to go. But um, I would say that because Duke's backcourt, sorry, not Duke's backcourt, Duke's frontcourt scares me. And I think the front court is the biggest question for Michigan State. Uh, going 0-3 would be disastrous in those three games. Um, I expect to go 2-1. and one. Okay. I I think that's probably all correct. Uh, Y'all have done a good job. I don't think it's intentional by any means with when you schedule these games. But the last couple of years, you've done a good job scheduling teams that have name recognition as if they're like top five in the country, when in reality, they're not as good as they normally are. That's Baylor next year for sure. Like Baylor, Baylor on paper is like, oh, what a great game. Baylor is not going to be the Baylor they've been for four years next year. So Baylor's still a top 15 team. No, nope. Uh Uh-uh. They they might start the season that way because of name recognition. Their best player is Ray J. Dennis Cart. They're not going to be great. Um, Like their their second best player is Jalen Bridges. They're not going to be great. They're going to be all right. They lost LJ Cryer. They lost a lot of their stars. Uh, I I they'll be fine. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a big fan of their other guards outside of Ray J. Dennis. Yeah, I mean their their fifth best guard from last year is their first best guard now. So like Langston Love, that's the sell. Okay. He didn't play. He didn't crack the rotation last year. And uh, Jay Nunn and Miro Little. Once again, guys that didn't crack the rotation. So Miro uh, Little's a freshman. I'm just I I'm not buying it. Jaden Nunn as, wasn't on the team last year. They're not as good as they normally were. Okay, All I'm right. saying it, and that goes for Arizona also. Arizona the last two years has been like top five in the country. Good this year, they have Caleb Love. Do the math. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I would expect Michigan State goes at least two and one in those games. But if they go zero and three for the record, that's not cause for concern. Like if they go zero and three, oh well, those are solid teams. Losses happen sometimes. Also love the daily pod gents from Fish Sparty. Thank you, Fish Sparty. Chase Stoney, 6501, says, who does Greg like as a player more, Caleb Love or Jose Perez? <laughs> Jose Perez. Uh, that, you're guessing that's my answer? Or that's your that it, that it, that That's your answer if you don't say that you're lying. You despise Caleb Love. I do. Um... You hate when well, you genuinely hate watching him play basketball. Let me let me say that you don't despise Caleb Love who he is. You despise watching Caleb Love play basketball. That is a fact. Do you think this comment meant who do I like though, or who's better? Because I was going to answer it as like who's better, and the answer. Oh, is Caleb, Caleb Love. Okay, I yeah. thought it was like who do you like? Oh yeah, if it's just who do I like, Jose Perez. I like every player in the country more than Caleb Love. If it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, if it's who's better, like it's Caleb Love. I would rather Michigan add Caleb Love than Jose Perez. But I'm very thankful neither look like they're going to happen, to be honest. <laughs> Moving on, Mr. Indy Randy 10 says, don't sleep on Purdue's backcourt this year. That was our whole segment yesterday, Mr. Indy Randy. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Mason Hensley 4649 says, Purdue is the Bryce Harper of college basketball. Aren't they more Aaron Judgey? If you're asking me to connect the dots on baseball, it's not going to happen. I think they're more Aaron Judgey. I think they're more uh, just like they're seven feet tall and they haven't won a ring yet. Lucas F eight one four four says Carter is like your hot stepsister that you try to pretend isn't your sister. 
Greg is like the stepbrother that you play golf with and likes to drink beers. <laughs> how how do you get compared to a, a golfer who's having a couple of brews and I get compared to a Pornhub scene? Well, Car, I'm relatable. Uh, you know, I just I just give off like wanna golf with that guy vibes. Apparently, you give off wanna incest with vibes. <laughs> I got to work on myself then. Uh, Lucas, Lucas, for the record, said, I'm not a hater of the sleepers. I'm more like your number one fan. Okay, this might be an Eminem stand situation then. Like (laughs) more creative, creative, weird letters in our comment section from Lucas every day. Keep them coming, Lucas. We enjoy this. Aiden Tree 3327 said, I'm so tired of people putting all the stock in the world into a single elimination tournament. Denzel's MSU team was easily the best I've seen, but anyone can lose one game at any time. That's probably the most annoying reoccurring sports argument after people ripping on LeBron for losing in the finals. What is the worst argument you hear people make routinely? First of all, great comment, Aiden. We totally agree. Uh, Worst argument you hear people make routinely in sports. You got anything there, Cart? Honestly, he might have took mine. The LeBron making the finals one that definitely always strikes a nerve with me. The fact that he made that many straight and people kind of, I don't know, throw it off. It does also irk me that like the people who created people who state the greatest basketball player of all time is a bad gambler, a bad father and quit to play triple A baseball. And we really just glaze over that all the time that does not sit right with me yeah i don't like anytime people point to like lebron's losses in the finals as if those are worse than jordan losing before the finals that that's one that strikes a nerve with me for sure um trying to think of one in college i don't really have a great answer to this it's a really good question aiden um i i definitely just get annoyed uh one with the one we already talked about where people act like tournament success is everything projecting for next year i don't know i get annoyed with shaka smart i don't know if that's an actual thing but i really do i don't know that that's an argument i think that's just shaka smart but that's people, a good people people argue him as like one of the great coaches in college basketball and he's basically doc rivers he's just trapping off that one final four run he had besides that he stinks yeah Fair. I'm going to come up with a good answer for you, Aiden, at some point. I don't have one right now. Great question, though. I took D. Rose's SAT. Odds that Ace Baldwin is the best PG in the Big Ten next year? What do you think, Cart? Uh, I, I just don't see it, to be honest with you. I think that's Budarius's title to lose. But I do like Ace Baldwin. So I, I think there is a world where that happens. I wouldn't bet on it. I think it's a very low percentage chance, like maybe 2%. But uh, Ace Baldwin is very good, and he's going to be on a team where he needs to do a lot. The problem is Boo Booey is better and is on a team where he needs to do everything. So um, if Boo stays healthy, I have a hard time seeing anyone take that spot. But Ace is very good and is probably going to put up some prolific numbers this year on a pretty bad team. If that team's good, it'll be because of Ace Baldwin. Ace versus Boo for battle. What what a what a battle of best PGs in the Big Ten. Ace until until I know that Ace hits the bars on like a Wednesday night in Happy Valley, I'm not gonna be confident. I also yeah. wonder, do you think Happy Valley's actually happy? 
we didn't go there on college hoops to go. That's one of, like I feel like I know all these other campus college towns. I don't know anything about Happy Valley. No, I think Happy Valley's a a football place. If we would if we would if we did college hoops to go at Penn State, I might have been able to sit like four seats down from Micah Shrewsbury. <laughs> There's no one at those games. Would have been fun. I'm also uh I'm a Notre Dame basketball fan now. You know how I hop around teams? I'm a Notre Dame fan this upcoming season. Who's Notre Dame's best player? TBD. I've attached okay. myself. I'll give, I'll, I'll give you time. <laughs> I've attached myself to Micah Shrewsbury, okay? And it's 45 minutes from my house. I just discovered that. I had no idea Notre Dame was what? 45 minutes from my house. Yeah. South, South Bend is 45 minutes from your house? Notre Dame is 45 minutes from my house. It's closer to me than Michigan State is. So I'm now a Notre Dame fan. Shout out. That's crazy. It's fun. Fun stuff. Ultra Rudy the Boxer 4116 says Michigan State's score is 1-5 versus Purdue. Uh, also something we said on the show yesterday. Thank you, Ultra. Jacob Petticord 9439 said favorite MSU and Michigan basketball teams of all time. Let's both answer uh, this one. You you give yeah, an MSU uh, and a Michigan one. Uh, Michigan State probably cashes his senior year. Kept swing cash his senior year. God, that junior year team was fun too. Uh, one of those two, I'll decide after I say my favorite Michigan team, either last year's team or Nick Stauskas' junior year. Like like peak Sauce Castillo. Yeah, did, you say, did you say last year's team? <laughs> yeah. I just loved them. Yeah. yeah. Figure. Make, makes sense. Uh, Stauskas' sophomore year would be the one you're after, I think, because he only is that what it was? Years. He only played okay. two years, yeah. The one with yeah. Lavert and GR3 and mm-hmm. Derek Walton, yeah, good yep. team. Um, I my favorite MSU team, uh, it's probably Cash's sophomore year. I'm surprised so many people love the the Cash's Xavier Tillman year, like that team was good. I never like thought they were incredible though. I'm surprised. That's yeah, but I, I just I love the I just love that team. Like you know, Tillman putting the senior on the back of his jersey, like that whole th- that that season was just nostalgia to me. They were lovable. They were likable guys for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. I like my 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 favorite team to watch was definitely the the Cash Langford Bridges Jaron team. Redacted. Um, yeah, that I think that was the most talented and most fun to watch Michigan State team ever. I would also say Zell's senior year, just because like, like I kind of had like a personal interest in Zell, just because like I he grew up in the same city as me. He always beat our teams in district finals in high school, and I always was skeptical of what he would be in college. And then like watching him go from like role player to starter. To oh my god, he's the best player in the country. <laughs> was yeah, a really, it really it was a really fun journey for me, and like it was must see television when like two guys who tormented my high school team every year were the best two players on a top five team in the country. That was yeah, fun. true. Was and you were in school during that time too, right? Uh, this would have been right after Zell's senior year was after I graduated. Graduated, sure. okay, yeah, got you. Um, hey, a uh, quick little spinoff here, and I know I shouldn't do this because we had a lot of comments and things like that. I'll give you three guesses right now if you can guess my favorite Michigan player of all time. I want to see if you get it. Favorite Michigan player of all? Can I get like an era? Is he a probably like last decade? I mean, it's not it's not like a Fab Five player or anything like that. Somebody somewhat recent then, in the two thousands. In the 2000s. Okay, so that makes me feel like it's pre-2010. 
No, okay, no, sorry, 2010. Mitch McGarry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was easy. Okay, I just want to make sure you got it. And I didn't know if you would get that or not. Can I get some credit for getting that so quickly? Yeah, yeah, I, I did not think you were going to get that on the first try. Yeah, Mitch was great, man. He really did change the program. Um, Could have been better if he just didn't smoke, but hey, more power to you. Now he's a professional bowler. My favorite Michigan team is the the Michigan team. Loved them. Burke, Hardaway, that's all you got to say. Stauskas. And that rat John B line. And that rat John B line. But man, I, uh, Big Ten Network did one of their like all day Michigan days a couple days ago, and I flipped it on. It was like college basketball rewind. It was 2019, Michigan, North Carolina in Ann Arbor. So much. It was like Iggy Brasdakis, Isaiah Livers, Teske Simpson, Matthews Poole. Like, I forgot how good that team was against like, the North Carolina team that made the national championship that year. Um, that's my actual, that's probably my backup cart, which shocks people. My second favorite Michigan team of all time is that team with Iggy. And obviously it's hard to remember them because they got swept by Michigan state, but any game outside of Michigan state that season, that was Beeline's best team. They were better than the Burke team. So, um, and just like Iggy and pool together. Like if I was drawing up a team, of like created players, I would create Iggy and pool. That was perfect at the two and the three. Uh, Chef Khan says, my bad, Greg, let's hear the run schedule. Well, I don't deserve to talk about my run schedule today because I skipped my morning run for the first time in four and a half weeks today. But normally it's wake up, feed the daughter between 7, 7.30. She goes down by eight. And then I have an hour before we start podcasting to get my run in, run a mile, uh, and then if I'm feeling good, I'll run back or I'll keep running. If I'm not feeling good, I'll just stop after a mile and walk it back. Pretty simple, but do that and eat fruit, lose 20 pounds in like a month, folks. It's very, very consistent with it. Body by Bigby. Brian Bins 6004 said, please respect what you saw at Dane Danger due to MSU with your own eyes and champagne. I you do respect hell. it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't hell. And there is an active shared note between me and my wife with baby names. And I added Dane. I've never seen you more distraught than uh, after what Dane 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 Danger did to you. MTZ Dude 31, final comment, said, quote, you look like a bucket with laughing emojis. Did I say that about you? Is that what he's laughing about? Uh, Maybe, because it doesn't sound like I would say you look like a bucket and don't take that the way you're going to take that. No, that was funny enough that I won't take offense to that. Okay. Yeah. I what do I what do I look like? Do I look like a librarian? Like what do I look like if I don't look like a bucket? You look like Rob Doster. That's so hurtful. What Rob's been Rob's skinny. He's been looking taking his athletic greens and stuff. All right. Now you're gonna make me start thinking of Jonte Porter comps again. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh th- thanks to all the comments. That, that almost could have been a whole episode by itself. We'll get it moving through the three sections. Hey, it's Greg here interrupting whatever nonsense cart and i are talking about to ask you if you knew that we do this five days a week now monday through friday you can find the full video episodes of every episode of the sleepers podcast on our youtube channel you can also listen to them wherever podcasts can be listened to please like and subscribe though because we're kind of trying to make this a more real thing and we don't really make any money off of this right now which uh is not ideal so yeah thanks for watching hope you enjoy this and let's get you back to the show Today, we'll start, Cart, with TBT. The basketball tournament is underway. 
we have to have some basketball to watch. TBT is a good filler after summer league ends and before the season begins. A lot of former college players that we loved watching are in action. Uh, last night, Kansas's alumni team was on the court. That was the big one that I was watching. The Elam ending is a polarizing concept. So let's just get your general thoughts on TBT. Are you a fan of this event? Are you a fan of the way the game is played compared to normal basketball? Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of the TBT, um, but there are some things that uh, I guess rub me the wrong way about it. It actually has nothing to do with TBT, but every single year that I watch it, I like find myself and I feel like you might even feel the same way about this. You want your school to have a team like there should be a Michigan TBT team in there. There should be a Michigan State TBT uh, team, maybe just a state of Michigan like the mitten tbt team like i don't know some a bunch of players in the state of michigan be really cool to see uh i think that's my favorite part of tbt like outside of the elam ending thing is that i don't even like look at rosters before anything i'm just like watching the game and like i'm watching the game and i said i'm like oh who is that oh shit like that's so and so like i haven't watched them hoop in a very long time um so i do enjoy that i enjoy the elam ending um Big advocate of only ELA ending should stay in TBT, though. Please save all your think pieces about bringing it to, like, actual college basketball or real basketball. Wait, 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 wait. Stay we, in TBT. We got to dissect this. So you love the ELA ending, but you don't want it in other forms of basketball. Explain that. I love the ELA ending in the setting of TBT. I don't think that ELA ending should be implemented, like, across Why? basketball. Why? Well, because I, I think it makes it – well, one, I think Elam Ending makes it special for TBT. If everyone started doing it, it wouldn't be as special. And Yeah, then it's, I, then I it's not know. the Elam Ending. Then it's just the ending. Yeah, it's just, it's just an ending to a basketball game. I like that point. Okay, continue. Uh, I think I really said all my well, – What do you – like, what else do you like about – like, why do you like it for TBT? Because I don't like the Elam Ending. I am anti-Elam really? Ending in all forms. Well, I just like it because it – Ends like a pickup game that I play in. Like guys know they need three and there's ill-advised threes being taken and the crowd's extremely hype. And like guys are guarding guys all the way 40 feet out and okay with guys blowing past them for an easy layup too, because it's not a three to win the game. Like it's just, I don't know. I enjoy that part of it. And usually like the crowd gets really into implementing and play and you got both teams like one basket away. Yeah, so I, um, it's entertaining to watch. Like, I, I don't mean to completely shit on it. I would hate if the Elam ending was brought to anywhere else in basketball. And I, I think I would like watching TBT more if it wasn't the Elam ending. I get the drama of it. My biggest problem with it is I feel strongly that it, I'm not saying it decides games by calls because that happens in regular basketball too. I get that. Like we just watched a, an elite eight game and with a horrible call, like that wouldn't have been different if it was Elam ending or not. Right. Like that happens no matter how you end a basketball game. I do feel that there is more subjectivity involved where first of all, they know officials don't want to be the reason a game ends in the Elam ending. Right. So both teams start to ratchet up the physicality, knowing that the refs aren't going to make the call. That becomes a different basketball game in that little stretch where it's like, oh, the team only needs two more points because everybody's beating the shit out of each other. 
knowing that the refs probably won't call it. And then two, when the refs do call it, which is maybe 30% of the time in those spots, because they don't want to be the ones deciding a game. Um, when the refs do call it, it essentially does like feel like they're just giving one side the call because sometimes like last night in the Kansas game, they swallowed their whistle for D three and they did not swallow the whistle for Kansas. And like, mm -hmm. I, you can tell me, I don't care who the officials are. I don't know who's paying them. I don't know how it works. You can tell me that they're the best in the sport, whatever. I'm never going to believe that there's not a huge level of subjectivity with the way these games are officiated, trying to help the best teams advance. Oh, oh, we are D3 is getting tackled out T there. TBT exists to try and get more viewership, and they're only going to get more viewership if the big alumni teams stay in it. So like last night, like I, D3 outplayed the Kansas alumni team for 99% of that game. And then the officials swallowed their whistles the entire fourth quarter. And in the Elam ending stretch on one side, they didn't do it for Kansas. They end up winning the game on a free throw box out because D3 didn't have anybody over six foot three and Thomas Robinson destroyed him. So like, it's just hard for me. Like, could that have happened in a regular ending? Sure. But it, it feels a lot more focused and easy easier for the officials to affect when it's with the Elam ending. I would like if they are going to do the Elam ending, I think there should be a rule cart that if the, the quota, if the number, the game winning score is met via the free throw line, you should then need to get a stop on the other end. After the game doesn't end when you get there, it should end with either a stop or a buzz. It's, it's, it's like uh it's like beer pong. You have a rebuttal. Yeah, you. I think the game. If you really want to say that Elam ending is the way to do basketball, the game should end with a stop or a bucket. A free throw is not a bucket. You so I'm, that can I'm be good. it can be the threshold. You got to eighty two, but you now don't win the game unless you get a stop or a bucket after getting to eighty two. I'm on board with that, and I'm actually going to change my one big thing on the fly. Uh, it it was going to be the D three, um, TPT team because obviously. I'm a D3 Hooper, so shout out to those guys for representing. If you do need some height and some attitude and maybe some locker room issues, hit me up next year. I'd be down to play. You did get an invite to a TBT roster. I I saw this. There is an actual invite that is. It was a, it was a fake. It was a fake invite. You claim it was fake. All I see is an invite. I said we could use that body. <laughs> I I don't like the way my body's been objectified on the internet the past week. I mean, okay. we, we, got, need to, we need to fix that. We have Jeff Goodman chiming in that you have a dump truck of an ass. <laughs> like that happened last night on Twitter. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I'd rather not. All right. <laughs> like, I read, I read, I, I, but I do want to talk about it really quick because that tweet was insanely fun. Like, I can't believe he threw that in there and then tried to like have a conversation after he's like, yeah, I mean, Carter does have a dump truck of an ass, but you know, I really like, you know, Illinois, uh, outcome, Illinois outlook this year. Like he tried to change the subject and move on with the tweet. And I was like, so we're skirting past the fact that you just <laughs> made that comment. Like what's going on here? Yeah. said so I, I can't chirp anyone who could beat me up, but he has a dump truck. <laughs> It's like what? Wait, maybe my favorite comment ever. We sent that to every group chat we're in, and uh, it resulted in Goodman chiming in, and it also resulted in an invite for you to use that dump truck of an ass on a TBT roster. So okay, I'm banning the the phrase dump truck of an ass for the for a couple episodes. 
you are John Tay Porter with a dump truck of an ass. That's good, that's good, all. Good, good, good grief. Moving on from TVT, I guess. Uh, yes. Some N- NBA drama. Uh, our favorites, let's just call it what it is. Jordan Poole and Draymond Green are back in the news. Again, this saga has lasted over a year. It was about this time last year that footage of Draymond Green putting Jordan Poole to sleep in a practice was released. Uh, I want to say some things at the top, and then I'll let you jump in on this. Have there ever been two players on earth that have embodied what Michigan and Michigan State are about more than these two players? Like, I think everyone would admit this. Jordan Poole is like, fun and skilled and swaggy in a certain way. He's also like entitled and arrogant and a little delusional. That's a Michigan basketball player. Draymond green would eat you. He will kill anything in his way. He's a Spartan dog through and through and through to the point that sometimes he's a bit delusional and picks fights that don't even exist and gets in his own way. (laughs) Like that, that is Michigan state to a T and putting these two together when they could get along was like one of the most special things that unlocked the golden state Warriors second era as champions. And then they just got in their own way and destroyed it. <laughs> and now Chris Paul's on the warriors and the dynasty's probably over. So like it's, it's insane to me. It's hilarious to me, but this is never going to end now because Draymond's doing his press tour and is just fishing for more and more engagement on this. Jordan Poole's out in Washington, seemingly minding his own business in a very depressed manner. Uh, But now his dad's getting involved, dropping some quotes, and I don't know what to make of this. Draymond is responding to fake quotes that Kevin Garnett didn't say. Uh, What's going on with all of this? What's your read on the situation? My read is that I appreciate them giving us a segment to talk about, but I could really care less about like this Draymond and Poole thing for real. Like we got Jordan Poole's dad chiming in. We got, like you said, Draymond responding to fake tweets. Now Jordan Poole's posting, you know, the cryptic shots on Instagram story, like get a hobby, talk of the top or topic of the talk or something like that. It's just like, who really cares anymore? I truly don't. I don't really know if anybody truly does. I don't know if anyone cares, honestly, except for Draymond. Or people who ask Draymond, I will say this. You said that he's kind of just talking about it. He also is getting asked about it. Like he's on an interview and obviously everyone just keeps bringing up all oh, the pool punch, the pool punch, pool gets traded. Everyone keeps bringing it up. Now Draymond's not doing a good job of basically putting the fire out. He could definitely dance around it if he wanted to, but that's not something he does. The most shocking and funny part of this whole situation to me is that Jordan Poole's father's chiming in. And basically, like, threatening Draymond, like, I want to see you. You're going to have to see me calling him all names or calling him all types of words outside of his actual name, out-of-pocketness, I would say, which is just insane to me, is that Jordan Poole's yeah. father is doing this. First of all, you don't want to see Draymond. <laughs> I'll just – Yeah, I'll, true. I'll and if you're, and if you're Jordan Poole, you don't want your dad just chirping Draymond online. Like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, I, I think the longer this goes on, both guys look horrible to be honest with you. Um, like I, and it doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's content. It's funny to talk about. And this doesn't like massively shift the way either of these guys should be viewed whatsoever. But like the longer this drags on and is still in the headlines, like Jordan Poole just looks like a wimp that he is 
quiet and not responding and letting his dad go to bat for him. And Draymond just looks like an idiot. Like, I'm sorry for lack of a better word. Like it, and you can say like, Oh, he keeps getting asked about it. Nobody asked him about a quote that Kevin Garnett didn't say. Like he is just online and getting trolled by trolls and biting for it. And like he he's happy to keep talking about this. So look, I don't know. It's funny to me. Like I'll, I'll keep, consuming the content and laughing about it um i think if i was draymond i would probably just let it die though because like i i think there was a moment in this where draymond looked hilarious and awesome like can you say he looked awesome for punching jordan pool maybe i'm bad for saying that but like when that happened and draymond was just like oh he crossed the line i shut him up like that looked pretty cool it looks less yeah. cool the more he keeps talking about it to fake troll accounts you know definitely 100 so we'll see let's uh talk about the other nba drama this one might strike a nerve with you or you might tell me you don't care i could see either outcome coming here but austin reeves uh the man who will give you 20 with the columbine haircut was on the matt barnes and stephen jackson podcast this week and gave a list of franchises he was interested in playing for, I believe, was the context. He was like, here were my target franchises. The Detroit Pistons were one of them. It was the third one he named, along with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers. And when he mentioned the Detroit Pistons, Matt Barnes jumped right in and said, the Pistons shouldn't be on any tier. They shouldn't be on anyone's tier. I'm just keeping it real. And then Stephen Jack and Barnes had a great laugh about it. Austin Reeves sat back and said, you said it, not me. The disrespect for Detroit just continues across many uh, forms, and I get it. It's fine. It's fair. That's going to happen. It's Detroit, and we have a lot of losing franchises right now in general. But did you take offense to this comment? I did, just because I don't. I don't understand it. Like for some reason, there's this stigma about like what Detroit is, and when anyone says it, it just brings it to light that people haven't been to Detroit in like. 10 years or something like that. Like it's, it's a different, it's a whole different city and it's vibrant and there's all types of stuff going on down there. And people just act like it's some shithole. And I really don't understand that. And for Matt Barnes to chime in on that and like just shit on the city of Detroit. And then Austin Reeves too. I like, I don't want to make this personal, but it's about to get very personal. Uh, I just don't understand how you had the audacity when you're shaped like Taylor Swift to talk down after having one good year when you play with LeBron James. When you if you didn't get foul calls, you would basically be Rudy Fernandez without a haircut. Like, let's stop acting like you're that guy. Okay, your career trajectory, if you don't get superstar calls for some reason, is going towards the likes of Kyle Singler. Okay, so let's just like find a little bit of a little bit of humbleness i feel like because if we did sign him to a big money contract and he did come play in detroit he would be in a pretty good situation we got a lot of stuff going on for us with this basketball team right now so if he doesn't want to be a part of that that's fine there's no there's no need to shit on detroit though i don't understand for me it's way too much that people do it for no reason you could easily not do it but people think it's funny and hilarious to do it and that's what that's what that's what just wasn't that's what doesn't sit right with me yeah i think uh you nailed it when you said he would be in a good situation if he was on the detroit pistons roster 
he'd be in the situation. He'd be like the fifth best player from our core. Like, no disrespect, he was scoring well in the playoffs, but like, we got a lot of promising young players that are a lot more promising than Austin Reeves. He would fit in to what Detroit is doing. He wouldn't be some centerpiece. I don't know why he's talking like he's some centerpiece. And look, man, uh, shout out to Michael Lofton, by the way, who threw this out there. But uh, Austin Reeves should be well familiar with what Cade Cunningham can do. Like when Cade gave him 40 in a four-point loss in college when Oklahoma State played Oklahoma and Austin Reeves was seven for 18 from the floor. Cade gave him 40 to his face that game. So we're not going to disrespect the Pistons. But I don't feel like it was disrespecting the Pistons. I feel like it was disrespecting the city of Detroit, like you said, which uh, this isn't the first time we've heard that. In fact, we've heard a lot of private slander toward Detroit from our college basketball circles, Cart. There's a lot of a lot of media members that aren't excited that the Final Four is coming to Detroit in a couple of years. Yeah, they'll, they'll see. And and also, just for those wondering what the gym tune of the day is, I'm um, going to a old Gunna song. It'll be Derek Fisher off Dripper Drown 2. Moving on to our one big thing presented, of course, by Big B. Big B, where you can get a coffee that puts this coffee that I'm holding from Dunkin' Donuts to shame. This coffee's terrible. This coffee has absolutely ruined my day. My energy is off today. I don't have the enthusiasm I normally do on this podcast, and it's because I'm drinking this shitty Dunkin' Ice coffee that is not from Big B. Cart, what's your one big thing presented by Big B? Because I had a shift and it was the WeRD3 TBT team, I have another direction I'm going in this. So it's going to be non-sports related again. Uh, since we've been doing this morning podcasting, this morning, you know, routine type thing, uh, I've been going to the gym in the morning often. And I noticed some things about gym etiquette when you're going in the morning that's different than when you go in the afternoon. When you go in the afternoon, people are usually getting off work, doing whatever, coming off the day of work. It is what it is. In the morning. I'm not saying that you have to shower before the gym, but you should do a courtesy double swipe of whatever deodorant, whether it be speed stick, whether it be degree, whether it be whatever. There's no reason that you should come to the gym musty from waking up. Okay, I'm trying to better myself and better my health. And I can't do that when you smell like wet dog next to me. I'm not saying you got to shower before the gym. That's aggressive. But you got to brush the teeth and you got to put a courtesy wipe of deodorant under both armpits before you go to the gym and then do your after shower gym routine, but you should not come to the gym smelling. That is insane, especially for people that I see do it at their big age. That is unacceptable. Okay. Stop acting like a pre-pubescent teen and hit yourself with a little deodorant before you go to the gym. Who are you smelling at the gym? Like why? Why I, are you smelling I'm, these? I'm not. I'm not smelling anybody, Gregory. But I'm telling you, on my last set of dumbbell bench press the other day, I'm fighting for my life to get up this last number, and I'm smelling wet Doberman next to me. Whoever was on the back extension machine, it threw me off. Okay, it kind of seems like you're smelling, the owner. It kind. It kind of seems like you're. It kind of seems like you're smelling some people at the gym. I'm just saying. Um, all right. But you think I'm? You think I'm just going to people? <laughs> I would really hope not, but you're, you're, you're really smelling people from the sounds of it. Like, I mean, you're at a gym, you're sweating. Like usually people wear cutoffs to the gym, like armpits out, like just, you know, cartoon, like, you know, stinky little things, little stink lines wafting in the air. Have you thought about around the gym? Have you thought about not smelling them? I, I work out at snap fitness. It's the size of this room. Again, that sounds like a you. I just feel like there's preventative measures you could take here that would help you avoid smelling 
the old men in your gym. If you're if you're hitting Bronson in the morning, are you throwing on some deodorant? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's all I'm asking. Okay. There's right. people that don't do that. Okay. And you from from your intensive smells, you are able to tell they didn't put deodorant on. Not that they put deodorant on; it just smells. Did I do something to you? No, I'm just curious about like it. Really seems like you have a lot of smells going on. That's I. I mean, if you're talking down to me for having a good sense of smell, I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not talking down on you. I'm just trying to fully encapsulate and envision, uh, get myself in your shoes. You could say, Cart, because you can you can tell when someone threw some deodorant on before the gym and when someone didn't. I usually can't, to be honest, because I don't have a good sense of smell. I'm also not at the gym like sniffing people though. So, okay. what's your what is your one big thing of the day? Uh, one big thing presented by Big B for me today, Card. I want to talk about some movies. I want to talk about some movies tomorrow. Two blockbuster movies are supposed to come out. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I'm going. I'm going to see Oppenheimer tonight. Oppenheimer and Barbie are coming out, Cart. You ready? You ready for a take? Yeah. <laughs> I'm more excited to see Barbie than I am Oppenheimer. That's that doesn't surprise me. See, you've thrown a lot of digs at me today, but. Uh, why? Fair, fair. That's not a that's not a dig. Should it, should it surprise you if I were to tell you that Christopher Nolan is my favorite film director and that my two favorite films of all time are Christopher Nolan movies? And I'm still uh, more excited to see Barbie than Oppenheimer. That that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise you. I wish I was a movie connoisseur like you. Like I don't have a favorite director. I don't. I mean, I got a favorite actor, but it's very generic. Like I wish I was more of a movie or a movie connoisseur. I'm more of a, I enjoy getting popcorn at Imagine type guy in the movies in the background. Yeah, I mean, you're a simple-minded man. Makes sense. Got a dump truck of an ass, though. And you're shaped like a Ken doll. <laughs> no, listen, I I feel like I didn't even get to get the takeoff because you were just like, yeah, that makes sense. That's on brand. Nice. Good job, Greg. Uh, Opp- Oppenheimer is going to be a great movie, but we know what Oppenheimer is going to be. Like it's gonna it's gonna be an action movie about a dude who blows up things, like <laughs> cheats on his wife and blows up things. Okay, that's gonna be great. It's gonna be like three hours long. Uh, Christopher Nolan movies are all awesome. I'm gonna love that movie. I'm way more excited for Barbie because I have no idea what this Barbie movie is gonna be, man. Like <laughs> the the trailers that have come out, the marketing on it, all the shouts the marketing team behind Barbie. Oh, marketing's been crazy. Marketing's crazy. And they got this man, Ryan Gosling card. They got this man, Ryan Gosling, going out method acting as if he's Ken. Okay. He is method acting as if he is a doll. I'm convinced he is now part doll. I'm very excited to see where this goes. I like that Will Ferrell's in it. I think it's going to be funny. It's probably going to be charming. And there's more mystique to it. There's more mystery to Barbie than there is Oppenheimer. Did you know who did you know who Oppenheimer was before like the move like the movie and the storyline came out? Like, I did. did you, yeah. Like when you saw like that name, you're like, oh, that's the guy that created the atomic bomb. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, simple minded man again. Okay. I went to the Harvard of the Midwest and you're really overlooking that. Yeah. What was what was the division? What's the what's the conference you were in? The MIAA. Harvard of the MIAA. That's fair. Of the Midwest, I don't know. You just call me simple-minded back to back within two minutes. You got a lot of digs in at me this episode. Okay, 
adding on to our sport week, probably in like six months from now, we're going to set it up. We're both going to take the ACT and I will outscore you. You don't want to know what I got on the ACT in high school car. I'll just say that. What'd that's, you get? That's were, were you a bad, were, were you a bad test taker? No. Hmm. Was a very good test taker. Do you actually want to know what I got? Yeah. I got a 32 on the ACT. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. I was I was a good standardized test taker and a bad actual school taker because I knew that I could just usually not study and do pretty okay. So I would just that's watch pretty, basketball. That's pretty that's pretty impressive. I'll take back my getting better score than you on the ACT. Thank you. I appreciate that, Cart. Uh, if you want to set up an ACT taking, that would actually be fun and probably good content for us. So set it up, Cart. I'm I'm game for it. All right. Uh, I feel like this is now a trend. Every Thursday episode gets very combative. That's because we can only do so many hours together before we get combative. It is what it is. That's the beauty of the sleepers. But thanks to everyone for sticking with us. Another fun week tomorrow, Riley Friday. Riley Davis will be back for his second Riley Friday. Can't wait because he brings the topics. We have no idea what the topics are. Last week was really fun. Show him some love again. Uh, Any comments on tonight's episode? We will read tomorrow morning. Cart, have a great day, you beautiful dump truck of an ass human. Bye, Gregory. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.